0: Welcome to the New Freedom Church Podcast. This podcast will help you grow deeper in your faith through weekly 30-minute talks. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so you get each new episode as it's released. Now sit back and relax as God speaks to you through this message. We went to Georgia to my brother. My brother's like, um, I don't know, he's turned into this kind of uh, outdoorsy wild man. I mean, he's got meat hanging in a, in a little smokehouse. He's got all kinds of things going on. Uh, guns. He's, he's collected all kinds of guns. He probably had. I told him, I said, I think you're on a very short list, really, with the government. He's had a silencer, had all kinds of stuff, you know. And uh, the thing that amazed me, though, is he had a lot of cats. I was, that surprised me. Had a lot of cats. How many cat people do we have today? You're ashamed. You're not going to lift your hand, are you? Just like it's cat people. How many dog people do we have? I'm trying to divide you, then I'm going to pull you back together. Okay, that's what I'm doing here. Cats, you know, I don't, I don't know. Cats, cats seem to forget who their master is, like overnight. You know, they're just real finicky. He's collected cats. Don't ask me how. See what I did there? I like dogs. Some of you like dogs? Dogs really are a great example of like how to come. Actually, Caleb in the Bible, his name means dog. You know, a dog can mess up, just tear up something, but then they come back and they know how to repent. Right? Come on, dog people. Stand with me. we got to fight these cat people today. They know how to repent. They just give you those eyes. And then how many of you have a stocking for your pet? Anybody? You're ashamed. You're embarrassed right now, aren't you? I know my daughter, Maddie. She's got one. You know, you're not, you're not politically correct to have a stocking. You have to have two stockings because the mat, do the math. You know, if you have one stocking and two legs, they have four legs, so two stockings. You did it wrong. Okay. I had to come to church to hear that. Well, it's great to be with you. Uh, I said that, didn't I? You know. My dog slips away all the time. I'm just trying to get to know you, first of all. Maybe I'm trying to get you to know me. Slips away, goes into the bathroom. How many of you have a dog like this? Dogs get away with that, you know? Two reasons we don't drink out of a toilet. Number one, number two. OK. Now now I've got you. OK. Now. Okay. How many Walmart people do we have here? Okay. You're my people. How many target people? You're my wife's people. Okay. All right. So I'm trying to just read the room. Um, I've got a message today, you know, as, as going into an unfamiliar pulpit, you want to be liked. And, um, so part of the human part of you, which is called pride by the way, is you, you want to make a good impression. And, uh, that plays heavy. If anybody does any public speaking, that plays heavy. But I want to just put that to the side because more important than anything is hearing a word from God. You know, not hearing a word from a man, but hearing what God wants to say. And so starting off this Christmas season, I get the the privilege, I get the opportunity to start it off and to talk to you about Jesus Christ because that's the reason we have Christmas Lord, at his birth, Jesus, think about this, how lost our world is. If you want to know how lost our world is, we don't want to celebrate Jesus. On his birthday, we don't want to mention his name. It's his birthday, but let's not say his name. That's the kind of world we live in today. You know, and you'll get disappointed looking around. So churches of like nature, and what I mean by that, actually, It should be defined this easily if you believe this or not. That's the way it should be defined, unfortunately, in the world like we have today. Not a lot of people believe that right there. But they still have church, or they call it church. And so I'm so glad to be with you today. But we live in a very woke world, if you're familiar with what that means, a woke world. If you saw the parade yesterday, Macy's Day Parade uh, Thursday, how many of you, anybody see that? No? Uh, we, we watched a little bit of it, but they had one little segment that was the Paw Patrol. Do you guys know who that is? That's like children, you know, children friendly. That's all their entertainment, Paul Patrol. Right behind that was a bunch of men dressed like women, dancing and frolicking and, and doing their transgender thing. And if you don't think that you're in a fight with the world, then you are wrong. And if you think, as a good Christian, I can just sit back and say nothing, you are also wrong. You are equally wrong. The church has to stand, and it's not a hate message, it's a love message, because you don't want anyone to go to hell. I heard a pastor of one of the largest churches in America, this weekend I heard him, an interview with with a person. When I heard his interview, I said to my wife, it was on the radio, I said, uh, well, she's, she's a lesbian. And my wife Googles it just right away. And yeah, she is. She's a lesbian. And I know some of you are making you feel very uncomfortable right now. But we're all going to stand before God. And, and no matter where you're at in life, God loves you. But that's why he sent his son. That's why we have Christmas, to redeem us from our sins. And then I heard the pastor of one of the largest churches in America ask her for godly advice. Ask her. Ask her to, to, what has God been speaking to you? And I'm thinking, do I need to hit my head with a hammer? If God has not, in his word, God's word is his will. God's word is his will. This might not be popular now. Yeah, I'm the same guy as telling jokes at the beginning. But God's word is his will. And our world has turned so quick. It has pivoted so quick. To, to just cross over and say, hey, everything that the world wants to feed you, you will eat. But I'm here to say, no, we won't. I trust God. And I believe that even during this Christmas season, God can help you with your relatives that are lost. Because this, this touches every family out there. Every family. And it's a liberal world. But for conservative Christian values, things have to change. Things have to change, and they start with you. So my, my title to tonight, today, is Silent Night, Violent Night. Silent night. Say that with me. Silent night, Violent Night. And I'm going to start in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. The Bible said, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. He was made under the law to redeem those, that's us, who were under the law. See, the law the law would say even to the very best of us that we're unworthy. But grace says even to the very worst of us that God can redeem us. Jesus came in time. That's important to know. Jesus came in time. Time. Silent night, holy night. We know we know that song. We know it. Very familiar with that. But it was also a violent night. It was a, a night of redemption. It was a, a, it was a night that had been prophesied over 300 times in the Bible. That night ha- had been prophesied year by year, 700 years before Isaiah spoke of it. Micah spoke of it, even actually said, where it would be, O Bethlehem, Ephratah, out of you shall come this savior, his name is Jesus. It was a silent night, but it was a violent night because the enemy knew that Jesus had come to save the world. He came to save the world. Why would you be so, so upset, vehemently, you know, mad, angry at a baby? Why even in our cities, in our towns, in our, in our in our world today, in the government, you can't put out that baby Jesus anymore in a manger. Why, why is that? You know, such a conflict. It's a baby. It's a baby. Because just like the spirit of Herod said, it was more than a baby. It's the threat. I know he's more than a baby. He's a king. And a king comes to take over. And that's what happened at Christmas Jesus, who was Lord at his birth, came in the fullness of time, the fullness of time to let us know about time. Actually, everybody in here, you might just be able to to reel off, you know, this is my birthday. I was born on Christmas Eve, December 24th, 1965. My mother tells the story. She's got a little humor too. She tells the story about going in pregnant And coming out, they gave her something at the hospital and they gave her a fruitcake. She said, I'll go in pregnant and I came out with a fruitcake. And I said, Mom, quit telling that story. That don't sound right. Quit telling that story. But every date that you have, every deadline you have at your work, every graduation, every wedding date, every date you forgot or remember, every date is predicated. This day today, Thanksgiving Thursday, Every day was predicated upon the birth of Jesus. Whether the world wants to say it or not, B.C. means before Christ. Some people think A.D. means after death, but it doesn't. It's Anno Domini, which actually means the, the year of our Lord. The year of our Lord. In other words, at his birth, we divided time for all time. Every date that you have, whether you're lost, a sinner, or a saint, every date has been divided, has been determined because Jesus was born. That's powerful. That he is in our times. And David said it like this, our times are in his hands. John 1.11 said he came to his own but his own received him not. They rejected him. But to them that did receive him. I'm going to give you that opportunity today. If you're online, you haven't received him as Lord, as Savior. If he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. You can receive him today. He came to his own. His own received him not. But to as many as did receive him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God. You have the power to become. By receiving Jesus Christ. No matter how bad you've been, even this morning, you're bad this morning, you have the power to become. The power to become a son or daughter of God. And all you have to do is open the door to your heart. Open the door. See, Santa comes, he comes to, you know, he comes to to look for a chimney to come down. Jesus comes, he looks for a heart to come in receive him. You receive him and you have the power to become. John 1 verse 14 said the word became flesh. This is called the hypostatic union. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. He came. It said like this, I think it was John Wesley that said it, he said the son of God became a son of man. So sons of men could become sons of God. That's beautiful, isn't it? The Son of God became a Son of Man, wrapped in human flesh. Deity, royalty, wrapped in human flesh. The Son of God became a Son of Man, so sons of men could become sons of God. And that's why. We're not, it's not because we've been so good or we've done such great things. It's because of what Jesus did for us when he came, Emmanuel, God, with us. He came to this earth He came to this earth like us, tempted like us, yet without sin. We sinned. He didn't sin, but he redeemed us through what he did, not what we do. That's that's works. That's the law. If we're always trying to do better so we can get God to love us, we we are wrong. Because he already loved us. When we were yet in sin, Christ died for us. Scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure for a good man. Some would even dare to die, but God demonstrated. How did he do this? How did he demonstrate this? On a cross. These are beautiful trees, but these should, should actually just point to the other tree, the cross, the cruel old cross. You know that. That God demonstrated his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't die for me when I got it all together. He, he died for me when I didn't have anything together, And he loved me just the same. He loved me. So, Silent Night, Violet Night. Where's the violets come in? Well, I'm going to share with you today the first Christmas scripture in the Bible. Maybe you know this. Maybe you don't. I was surprised when I found this out a few years ago. But does anybody know where, where it would be? Just take a guess, you know. Let me hear it. Let me hear it. Now Some might say John three sixteen God so loved he gave, you know, but that would be Jesus coming to this earth. The first Christmas scripture in theology, it's called pro evangelium, big word, pro evangelium. It actually means first mention of the gospel. And what is the gospel? The gospel is that Jesus Christ came, substitute, take my place. I became righteous. He became unrighteous he took my place so that I could live. He died the death I should have died. He paid my penalty, my price, my punishment. He took all of that. That's the gospel. Pro-evangelium. First mention of the gospel. Here it is. Genesis 3.15. This is the first mention of the gospel. Let me get to it. Genesis 3.15. This is, of course, at the curse. You say the curse of Adam, Eve, the curse of the serpent. But God said in Genesis 3.15, pro Evangelium, he said, I will put enmity, that's hostility. Remember, there's violence here. I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It, who is it? Anybody? Jesus shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. What about we just, you know, somebody comes up with a, a Christmas card. This is basically a barefoot with a snake under it, you know, and his head crushed down, his tongue sticking out, and it just says, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. That'd be a great Christmas card. If you make that up, I want royalties because I came up with it. You didn't. Okay. That'd be a great Christmas card. That's the pro-evangelist first mention of the gospel in the Bible. The first Christmas scripture, Genesis three fifteen. God said, "I've, you've got a problem, you've got a problem. So you can't be the solution. You've got a problem. I've got the solution. I will send a seed to a virgin, and this seed will crush." somebody say merry christmas today we'll crush the serpent's head that's the first mention of the gospel that jesus is coming to crush his head silent night violent night jesus is coming jesus is coming i'm wrapping up now first john 3 and 8 says this this is a christmas scripture by the way every 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 scripture That speaks, every text that speaks of Jesus coming is a Christmas scripture. Think about it like that. Hebrews 2 tells us that he he brought death to death when he came. He said, we're flesh and blood. And he said, we share in the flesh and blood. He came to share, to be like us, so that he could bring death to death. That's his Christmas scripture. That's a violent scripture. 1 John 3 and 8, it says, for this purpose. Somebody say, "Why? Come on, why? For this purpose was the Son of Man manifested? You know what that means? Christmas. that Jesus came. for this purpose, the Son of Man was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, I don't know your story. Maybe a few of you I do, but I can tell you, every one of us in here have a story. And every one of us have been under siege, under attack by Satan, by darkness. He he attacks us in our families. He attacks our relationships. He attacks our marriages. He attacks our churches. He attacks everything. But for this purpose, you can apply that scripture to whatever he's attacking, your finances. For this purpose was the Son of Man manifested that he might destroy the works of of the devil. Silent night? No, it's a violent night. Jesus came to destroy what the devil tried to destroy. Somebody say amen. 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 That's the pro-evangelium. Then one more passage It's in Isaiah. I want us to look real fast. Isaiah chapter nine. And you know there's quite a few passages in Isaiah that speak of Jesus. Isaiah 750 years before Jesus was born on earth. But Isaiah chapter 9, verse 5, says, For every battle of the warrior, you're not used to this one at Christmas. Think about this. Every battle of the warrior. Wait. He's setting us up for something. He's setting us up for something big. It sounds like, you know, this is bigger than UFC. This is gladiator. This, he's setting us up. Look at this. Every battle of the warrior is with confused noise. Do you know what that means? That means a war cry. Sometimes in the middle of praise, you should just give out a war cry. God, I need you. God, or, or, God I thank you. God, I worship you. But you're giving out a war cry. cry. You're, you're, you're serving notice to Satan that he has not won, that our Savior, that our King, that our Lord is Lord over all. Every battle of the warrior is with a war cry, confused no- noise. And like, I like this. Look at this. Garments that are rolled in blood. What does that mean? But this shall be with burning, fuel, and fire. He's saying garments that are rolled up in blood. Basically, he's rolled his sleeves up, and he has the, the blood spatter, the DNA of his enemy all over him because he is a champion and he is a conqueror and he's made you more than a conqueror. And this is a bloody scripture. This is the way it comes in. Look at this introduction. Every battle of a warrior is with confused noise, with garments that are soiled in blood. And next scripture, this is the one you actually do get on your hallmark card. For unto us, innocence helpless. A child is born. This is no silent night. This is a violent night because the enemy has been served. Notice that Jesus, our savior, our King has come for unto us. A child is born unto us. A son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor. Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace. I'm going to ask the worship to come up. I read this story last year. It it was dated back a little while. It was before we had the smartphones like we have now where we can track and know where people are. But there was a, a, a lady... Had two children, husband. She had become very distraught, mental illness. And let me just say, as a side note, mental illness is real. There are people that are very discouraged. There are people that are under depression. It's it's from the enemy, but it doesn't mean that they are sinful. It just means that they are they are subjugated by the enemy's oppression. Mental illness is real. And I've prayed for God to deliver people from that anguish or that torment that comes from mental illness. In fact, uh, today they say when you're hiring people, they don't look so much at IQ, that was the intelligence quotient, as they do EQ, that's emotional quotient, like you could go off the rails. And so, so mental illness is real. In fact, a statistic said uh, last year, it said that there are over 60,000 thoughts we think a day. I don't know how anybody calculates that, but they say we think around 60,000 thoughts a day. And over 80% of those thoughts are negative. That's huge. That's, that's across the board. And of of those thoughts, this is the big one, of those thoughts, over 90% of those thoughts that are negative are the same thought we had yesterday. Why do you think the Bible continually tells us whatsoever things are pure, lovely, good report, virtue, praise, think on these things. Lord, have my thoughts. Lord, have my mind. I say it like this every thought is a train you see a train it's not one car it's not one caboose it's a train every thought is a train it leads to another thought. triggers another thought triggers another thought but for our minds to be free and to be holy and to be pure we have to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of christ and that's the way you look at it does this obey christ does this does this resolve in peace or in conflict I want my mind to be free. I'm just speaking that over you right now because during the holiday seasons, there are more people that take their life, more people that do bad things. Why? Because the enemy attacks the thoughts. There was a woman, she had two children, she had a husband that loved her, but she was mentally ill. She decided one day I'm just gonna leave, I give up, she took some money out she left left a little note said i've had all i could take she left her husband would try to reach out to her Would call her she would never say anything she's gone over a week he would call and he could hear her on the other side just sometimes he could hear her just sniffling like she's crying he would call try to reach her try to reach her finally he had to hire a private investigator true story after a couple of weeks and they found her she was in the seedy hotel she was just living there the blinds closed she was just living there and so he shows up on christmas eve he knocks on the door he doesn't know what what's going to happen doesn't know what she's going to do she opens the door and she hugs him He's surprised. He doesn't know what to say. She turns around. She puts all of her clothes together. She just packs up. She gets in the car with him. They go back home to the kids. He doesn't really know what to say. Finally, he, he says, I don't, I don't want to trigger her. I don't want to send her back. But I've got to know. And he said to her, he said, I called. I called. He said, I I just kept calling, and I know you listened. I know you heard me beg for you to come home. He said, I could hear you on the other side. I called. Why did you come with me? She said, when you called, those were words. But when you came, it made all the difference. What happened at Christmas, Jesus Christ came. He came. He came. So whatever you are going through, whatever you are facing, whatever you need from God, Jesus came. For this purpose was the Son of Man manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. Stand to your feet with me. I want to say a prayer over you. And I know... In a room like this, full of people, that we could just kind of guess, you know, there's this many people dealing with depression. In fact, national statistics say one out of every four. That's 20%. 20%, 25%, 25% of any congregation, any any area, any population, 25%. Deal with depression. But I want you to know that Jesus came to set captives free. And even if you're the the one, it might have been your sin. It might have been your failure. It might have been your disobedience that put you in the place you're at. You can be free today because Jesus came. His name is Jesus. The word Jesus means Savior. He will save us from our sin. That's the word of God. He came to save us. He came to deliver us, and He came to heal us. Someone said to me this week, said, I have gone through hell. And really, in their mind, they had gone through hell. And maybe, in your mind, you feel like I've gone through it. Or maybe it's been a season where you've just had a lot of blessing and you're thankful for this season. That's why even more so we should be thankful because not everybody's got the advantage we have. But I want to pray with you right now because Jesus is here. He's here. He's right here at this day, at this time, at this hour. Even if you're viewing online days from now, He's there. He came for us. Let's bow our heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you that Jesus came to this earth to redeem us and to deliver us. And, and no matter what trial, what circumstance somebody is dealing with today, you're the peace speaker. You can change our lives in a moment your lord and lord we just give ourselves to you what do you give a man who gave his life for you what do you give a man that gave his life you give your life lord i give my life today i surrender my life to you and i thank you jesus that from the cradle to the cross you came to save somebody like me, and I receive you this morning into my heart, and I call you Lord, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God is good, God is faithful. Do you love the Lord this morning? Thank you, guys. Thank you for for just, just allowing Pastor Joe and I to do this. We, we, uh, we just really feel like God is doing things in these last days where churches have to stand side by side. We, we, it is not our job to give up the land. Did you, do you know that? That's what the enemy wants to do. Just like the Macy's Day Parade, they give up the land, concede. It is our job to take the land, to take it for Jesus. To take it until he takes us home we should be busy doing his work so i thank you i appreciate you this is my family right here everybody on these two rows right here except maybe that guy on the left right there maybe not him i i don't know i thought i saw him on america's most wanted but uh everybody else no i'm kidding uh, i've got some family right up here and we're glad to be with you guys so thank you for today god bless you